This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to graduate five guys uh, at the end of the season. So I think it's beneficial for us to try to get their feet wet as much as possible with some live game reps. So I think if we can we can close the gap with that group, uh, we'll be sitting pretty for the future. So those guys, they have the, the athletic ability, but they just need live game reps to help us out more. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, as that was defensive line coach Tony Tuioti. Um, talking about the depth he has on his defensive line and how much he really wants to work some younger guys, knowing that Nebraska graduates five seniors here in 2019. But want to bring in now Husker online intern Allie Snow as it's time for another mailbag. And I'm told, Allie, it was a pretty full mailbag this week. Yeah, lots of replies. There was like 22 replies, I think. So lots of good questions. So I hope you guys are ready. All right. Well, what do you got out of the gates? So for the first question, with fall camp coming to an end, what inexperienced upperclassmen made the biggest jump and will they finally see time on the field? All right, Robin, Nate, I promise I won't take like all seven of the names. I'll yeah, take just right. one. Yeah, right. I'll take just one. I'm, I'm going to be... Yeah, what he said, guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but Javon McQuitty, I think, is the one I'll go with um, just because really, you know, a year ago we thought he'd get more of an opportunity. It didn't happen. It sounds, you know, I thought the most promising thing Troy Walter said this past week was all of the kind of the guys that aren't in that starting group that are kind of in the conversation, they've played well enough to kind of keep the freshman newcomers back where the true freshmen aren't really playing over them. It's guys like Mike Williams, Javon McQuitty, Jerron Woodyard, I think maybe holding on, kind of keeping those true freshmen at bay. So I'll go Javon McQuitty. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and I think you could make a case for a couple different people in that receiver room. Um, Mike Williams, to an extent, too, was another guy Troy Wolters talked about this week. Is He's a new Mike Williams this year. And uh, last year he played small. Uh, that was that was Walter's quote, and he meant that is he wasn't physical. He wasn't a physical blocker. Uh, he wasn't doing what they needed to you know, secure the edges in the running game, uh, and he wasn't making the tough catches in traffic. And so that is what held him out, or at least held him back last year after coming in with such high expectations. But now it seems like those have become priorities for him, and he's kind of taken that um, on, you know, taking responsibility of that to, to add that into his game. And now he could be a dynamic player for him that doesn't have to be taken off the field whenever they want to try to run the ball. Wow, one of my guys was not taken. So I'm going to go <laughs> Alex Davis. There you go. Ooh, the, you're team Alex Davis. I'm team Alex Davis. And, I mean, this is a guy that Jawan DeWitt and really a handful of other coaches and players have all been talking about uh, where he's finally taken that next step has really elevated his game. And I know that we've heard that before, but Javon DeWitt said the biggest thing here is that um, you know, this is like the first time that he's had the same position coach, the same defensive coordinator, and the same position um, in back-to-back -back years, and that's made all the difference in the world to where he's fully comfortable, he understands what he's doing, uh, and, and he's he's playing fast and he's making plays on the football field. So uh, I think he's an upperclassman who's really elevated his game. Okay, now we're going to move on to quarterbacks. It seems like Vedral is number two rolling into the season. It would also seem McCaffrey is gaining steam fast. If a back is needed late in the season, who would it be? It just depends on the situation. I mean, if it's like who's going to be the starter because Martinez is out, um, then it gets really debatable at that point. And I think today, right now, you still have to say it's it's um, Vedral. Vedral. But we all know McCaffrey's coming. I thought Jerry DiNardo's comments from the Big Ten Network were extremely telling this week. He said Nebraska 
has as deep of a quarterback group, one, two, and three, as anybody in the conference. And think about the number four guy. He actually started a game for Nebraska, Andrew Bunch. So how many teams can say, like, they really have four guys that, you know, in the fourth guy started the game right now? Well, and not only are they deep, they're all young. I mean, all those guys are sophomores, essentially, or younger. And so uh, they got a lot to work with, and that's what makes the, uh, their situation unique. I think there's plenty of other schools that have – three or four good quarterbacks but Nebraska has three or four young ones that all you know you could make a case for uh, being next in line after Adrian Martinez and what separates Nebraska from a lot of those schools is they have Adrian Martinez and so I mean that's that's a pretty high bar to start and then uh, with Noah Vedral, you know, I mean, every, every time you talk to Mario Verdusco, he's got nothing but praise for him. Says that, uh, I mean, he's bigger, stronger, he's throwing the ball harder than he's ever seen him. And then with his kind of incumbent knowledge of the offense, I mean, he's as well-versed as anyone on the team uh, in uh, Scott Frost offense. I mean, that's why he's right now the front-runner to be that number two when that depth chart finally gets released. Yeah, and if, God forbid, if something did happen to Adrian Martinez, I think – that Vedral has more playing time in this system as anybody. And so I think they'd probably feel more comfortable going with him as opposed to McCaffrey. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think McCaffrey probably is going to end up being more of a dynamic player. His upside's higher. Yeah, his upside is higher. So, I mean, it, it all I think it all kind of would depend on what the situation was like. This one's a good one. What's been your biggest disappointment so far in camp? Um, I guess just less. Sh- I expected to see kind of maybe more shuffling on the O line to try different things out, and it sounds like they haven't done a lot of that. Um, I would have liked to have maybe seen or heard more about other guys getting a look at center, and maybe Jurgens is getting more of a look here in this third week that we don't know about. I know he looked in deep sweat when I saw him on Monday leaving the practice field, so it looked like he was engaging in in full type of practice. Um, but I would, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more shuffling on the inside, particularly with center and that left guard spot. Yeah, I was going to go the center position as well, uh, in particular, just Cam Jurgens not being able to uh, get get the reps to develop into that player that we, you know, all kind of hoped and expected that he'd be, based off the comments made by Scott Frost going into the offseason, where he's comparing him to Dave Remington uh, with his long-term trajectory. I mean. <laughs> Talk, talk about uh, getting the hype train full steam ahead, charging down the tracks. I mean, that that that's set an extremely high bar for, for Cam. And unfortunately, you know, I'm sure I know he's repping and when he's on the field, he's going pretty much full strength. But, you know, he just hasn't been ready, like fully cleared to take that next step and to become that type of player where, you know, he's a guy that has only been playing center for a handful of months now and he needs every rep he can get. And so that those injuries seem to continue to, to hold him back a little bit from what seems to be a sky high potential. I'd say maybe my disappointment would be at the middle or the inside linebacker position outside of those top three guys and Colin Miller, Muhammad Barry. It's a huge gap. Will Honus. Yeah. It, you know, I was anticipating hearing more about a guy like Jackson Hanna, um, who's done well, but it doesn't sound like he's, you know, set the world on fire. Uh, Obviously, Nick Henrich is missing at that position. Uh, Luke Reimer had a had a few days where, you know, had a scrimmage that was really, really good. And then he got hurt and has been limited. 
Um, I mean, Johnson's just, still hurt. Yeah, Joey Johnson's got a, a hamstring. So, I mean, it just seems like that fourth guy or maybe fourth and fifth, um, you know, inside linebacker, just you haven't heard a whole lot about, you know, anybody who's really stepped up and, and taken a hold of that spot right now. All right, we got time, Allie, for one last one. So do you got something lighter here uh, to end us on on a, on, a, on a light note? Yes, I do. Since this season's home opener kicks off at 11 a.m., what are your favorite Lincoln area restaurants for breakfast? Ooh, well, if you're talking downtown, I don't think Green Gateau to me is about yeah. as good as it gets. Um, and they have a bar and they have Bloody Marys and um, and whatnot. So that would probably be because in this Haymarket area specifically, there really isn't like a go to breakfast joint. I mean, that's almost kind of what's missing right now down here, right in the rail yard Haymarket area. I haven't been to that one place. Was that like a, that 50s style diner that's in the uh, graduate? I haven't been there, but apparently they do like a breakfast thing. So Johnny, Johnny's or yeah, something JJ's. I've never been there, so I'm not going to vouch for it. But I know that that's at least we got the donut places down here too. Oh yeah, Lamar's and Hertz. uh, Yeah, Hertz. So if you want like that, here's my advice: go to a tailgate and buddy up with somebody who's cooking something right there in the parking lot and. enjoy your time that way yeah i've been i've not really done any breakfast down here um although i know there's a couple uh like virginia's cafe on Ooh, on good. yeah on, i've heard of great what, things corn about husker that. way yeah way corn east, husker yeah, yeah. Um, tina's you guys yeah, ever been to tina's yes. tina's oh my god get a cinnamon roll the cinnamon rolls there yeah <laughs> so you put I, on five pounds when you eat there yeah i mean those are two those are probably the two spots green gato is the best in town you, though yeah no doubt i, I think that's that's got to be number one. What's yours, Allie? Uh, well, when I lived at Academy, I always went to Egg and I. That was just my go-to That's good. spot. So Can't it's go okay. Wrong with that. It's okay. It's just convenient. It does the trick. I, I forgot about that place. Yeah. Jimmy's Egg is a good place too, like yeah. more south, obviously. But yeah, there just isn't anything right downtown um, for breakfast. So. Does Hopcat serve breakfast? I think they all probably do. Yeah, I'm sure. I think all, I think everyone serves at least something. You know that you might be able to call breakfast, but you just hope Nebraska wins these 11 a.m. games because for the businesses down here, if they lose, it's just a ghost town. But yeah. if they win, people will stay down there all night, all day. So the 11 a.m. is a tough time for everybody down here to make some money. But let's get to 11 a.m. next week, guys. I'm looking forward to it. No doubt. Yep. About time. All right, Allie, thank you for joining us here in the mailbag. It's no problem. When we come back, we'll close the show. Nebraska got a new commit. We'll hear from Nate Klaus on that next. Here, you're listening to the Husker Online Show.